Hi, you're listening to Ready to Scale, the second season of That Really Happened. This season is focused on APS of real estate, asset, process, and strategy. Each guest on the show will reveal the assets they're investing and why they chose to do so. From multifamily to industrial, self-storage, mobile home parks, and more. Then, they'll uncover the processes, tools, and systems they've used to build multi-million dollar businesses. And finally, they'll uncover new, unique, and exciting strategies to invest in real estate. From co-working to buy and hold, fix and flips, co-living, and much, much more. Now let's get the show started. Hey guys, welcome to Ready to Scale. I'm Ellie Perlman, your host, broadcasting from sunny California. When I'm not behind the mic, I buy multifamily properties with passive investors who partner with me on my deals. And speaking of deals, we have a great opportunity right now. You can passively invest with us in Element 41, a beautiful 494 units in Marietta, Georgia, right at South Atlanta. It's a value-add Class B asset and a very conservative investment. This investment opportunity is open to accredited investors only. And if you want to learn more about this opportunity, please email me. My email address is ellie at ellieperlman.com. I'm personally investing my own money in this deal. I think it's a great deal. And just a quick disclaimer, this is not an offer to sell securities. I'm not a registered investment advisor and you should always consult with your CPA or investment advisor or lawyer before making any decision to invest in real estate. Okay, so today we're going to talk about the three lessons that I've learned from owning and operating multifamily properties during COVID. This is just my experience, but you know, I'm always sharing my point of view from my own experience, and I'm happy to kind of show you what's happening behind the scenes. I know some of you have asked me, you know, how your assets are doing during COVID. How are you holding up? How are you operating your assets? And so this is basically my experience during COVID, which to us as real estate investors started around March, I want to say mid-March, when we understood that something big is happening. So the first thing that I've learned is that the sky didn't fall. So operators and owners were afraid of the unknown. And, you know, we didn't know if we're going to see a massive increase in occupancy. We didn't know if tenants are just going to leave and we're going to end up, you know, trying to manage a property that is 50 or 60% occupied. We didn't know if half the tenants are going to stop paying rents. We didn't know what to expect. But thankfully, none of these extremely crazy scenarios happened. And the sky actually didn't fall. Yes, there were struggles when it comes to higher bad debt or delinquencies. So tenants were more late to pay their rent compared to obviously the reality pre-COVID, but it wasn't as bad as the media tried to make it. And, you know, I, I do blame the media in actually trying to create this very dark future trying to scare people, trying to, I still remember the headlines that 30 or 40% of tenants said they are not going to pay, which wasn't even close to this number nationwide. 
And so, you know, I think that the media tried to obviously sell and they were trying to tap into people's fears. And I do not respect that. I think this is this is kind of a low blow and and I think it doesn't do good to anyone. And you could see the reaction in the stock market. You can see the reaction when it came to investors' appetite when it comes to investing in real estate. We just didn't see the really dark you know, a prediction that came from the media when it comes to multifamily. I can't speak about retail and office. Obviously, they're struggling a lot more. But the first thing that I've experienced is just kind of a relief knowing that the sky didn't fall, the properties are still performing, the vast majority of tenants are still paying and they're paying on time or they're paying a few weeks later, but the money is still coming in. And I'm saying, you know, we relieved to see it, but it's not like we were sitting and just waiting to see what's going to happen. Being a small company, you know, I believe we were able to move quicker. And we started make changes as early as March and we were cutting costs. We were adjusting the rents. We were adjusting the renovation plan. And so we were ready to whatever we were not ready for to the unknown. And we moved very, very quickly and made some adjustments right away. And, you know, we saw some really high collections between 93 and 100 percent month over month. And I think part of the fact that most of our properties are performing during COVID is that we bought in the right location. And so all the C assets and D assets that might be a cash cow, you know, when the economy was booming, they're not really doing very well because these are the assets that basically attract tenants that are having a harder time paying their rent. But nationwide class B and A assets were doing just fine around, you know, low to mid 90% collections month over month. And just to put things in perspective, you don't really have 100% collections month over month, even prior to COVID. There's always that one or two or five tenants that are struggling and are going to pay next month or not going to pay you at all. So there's always you know, certain percentage of your tenants that are not paying. So we're not comparing 92% to 100% pre-COVID. We're comparing 92% maybe to 94%, for instance, depending on the property, depending on the, the market, of course. But, you know, the first thing that I experienced as a sponsor is that things are changing, but this is not, you know, very, very dark scenario. And, you know, of course, COVID is not over yet. So it's still, you know, the jury's still out in that sense. We're still trying to assess what's going to happen with the elections and with COVID not disappearing. But right now, we don't see those huge shocks, those huge drops in collections or in income that we've expected to experience. So that's the first thing that I've, you know, experienced. And the lesson that I've learned from it as an investor and as an operator is that you can't operate out of fear. You can't let fear basically dictate your moves and paralyze you. This is the situation. Focus on the solution. There's nothing that can do to impact the unemployment or COVID spread, you know, on the global level, of course, or even in the market level. So what I can do is focus instead of focus on my fear, what's going to happen is cash flow going to be as strong is focus on the solution. Okay, this is the unknown. 
shift your focus on what you can do to protect your investment. Is it shifting your strategy? Is it being more hands-on when it comes to collection? Is it adjusting your prices? What is it? Is it maybe cutting your costs? So focusing for me, focusing on the solution and the strategies and adjusting my tactics and strategies when it comes to running multifamily properties, that was very helpful because it kind of put the fear away and helped me and my team focus on the actual plan, the actual steps that we need to take. So there's no time, there's no room to dwell on fear and dwell on, you know, kind of the unknown, but let's focus on what is known. And what is known is our strategy and we can focus on that and improve it and adjust it. So our properties are going to keep performing. The second lesson that I've learned is that it's really good to conserve cash flow during a downturn, especially during a pandemic, obviously, but you don't want to conserve too much cash so you become a slim lord. And what I mean by that is, you know, I had to make a decision whether we're stopping renovations, we're stopping maintenance, we're stopping to take care of the property because we need to save every dollar. But on the other hand, if we're going to do that, we're going to let our properties, we're going to let them go and the properties are going to start deteriorating. They're going to show more signs of aging and it's not going to attract tenants and we need to attract tenants to keep occupancy high. And so some of our competitors in the area, we've seen how they let things go. So maintenance is not doing as planned, you know, some tenants are living without HVAC, for instance. And that was all done because our competitors wanted to save money. So when it's time to renew the contract, tenants didn't stay. They came to us because we were able to maintain the property. We cut costs, but the things that were important, that's what we did. So for instance, just to kind of share with you what we kept doing versus what we didn't do. Any routine maintenance that was essential when it comes to, you know, even power washing, the exterior or HVAC. If HVAC is broken, we're not going to say, hey, we need to save money and let the tenant boil in there, you know, in, in her or his apartment because we need money. We still spent that money. If we wanted to improve the, the property, for instance, to paint the backyard, for instance, or the exterior to make it look nicer, we still did it because the property has to attract tenants. Things that we've postponed, for instance, was the pool furniture. So we decided that this time around, because we're not going to allow a lot of tenants to go into the pool anyways at the same time, it didn't make much sense to replace the pool furniture. It still looks okay. It could be better. So we're going to wait until next summer to basically buy new pool furniture and assuming that we're going to have enough money in the account to do that. So that was kind of an example of what we kept doing versus what we didn't do. Other things we didn't do is, you know, trying to any other maintenance that requires our crew to go from one unit to another and expose themselves and other tenants to COVID. So We had, for instance, a green program that we're implementing. And for those of you who don't know, green program is basically installing low flow toilets and, for instance, including all kinds of things in the apartment that are going to reduce the water consumption and electricity as well. And so some of it, we actually, we started 
implementing the green program before COVID. And then we stopped because we didn't want our crew to go from one unit to another and potentially contract or, and, or spread the disease to the entire community. And so again, this is a tactic that was designed mainly for safety, but we were also able to conserve some cash at this point because it was more important to save money in case we needed to pay you know, the lender, for instance, than to save a little bit on, you know, on water usage, for instance. Now, the third thing that I've learned from operating multifamily properties during COVID is that not everyone is impacted by COVID. And I know, of course, it's easy to understand, of course, what do you mean? Not 100% of, of people are impacted, financially impacted by COVID. But sometimes as operators, we tend to kind of be very conservative and say, okay, you know what? It's COVID time. We're not going to renovate any units. We're not going to raise rent. Let's just keep rents as is because we want to keep our properties full. We want to make sure tenants are paying. But you got to understand, even at the peak when unemployment was, I forget now, how much was it? 15 or 18%? I forget. Now it's it's down to, a, I think around 9% I read the other day. But even if, let's say unemployment is 30%, it doesn't mean that 100% of your tenants or the new tenants are impacted by COVID, which means that there's still demand for nicer apartments from new tenants, which means that it still makes sense to deploy some capital and renovate units because you can attract someone who can pay you $200 more on your unit. And so just understanding, you know, that's a big lesson for me that I've learned pretty early on that not everyone is impacted by COVID, that some tenants actually can pay $200, $230 more because they wanted a nicer apartment. And so, and I talked about it before, we did renovation on demand, which basically means that we're renovating units only after the tenant says, yes, I want to renovate a unit and I'm signing on the lease and I'm willing to pay $220, for instance, higher. We basically show them, we don't decide for our tenants. We show them a classic unit, an old unit, and we show them the nice renovated and furnished unit. And we say, hey, these are the two options you got. This is $1,000 and this is $1,200. Which one would you like? And many go with the renovated unit. So we don't decide for them because not everyone is financially impacted by COVID. Okay. And so that's one big lesson that I've learned. And that's how I was able to increase cash flow and increase NOI during COVID. So that's it for today. These are the three lessons that I've learned from owning and operating multifamily properties during COVID. One, that the sky didn't fall and you shouldn't let fear motivate you and manage you. And you should focus on the solutions instead. Two, that you need to conserve cash, but don't conserve too much to become a slamlord and let your properties go. And three, that not all tenants are impacted by COVID. This is what I got for you today. Be bold, be great, and keep moving forward, guys. I'll see you on the next episode.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.